This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside GTC. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino, all around the table. We're going to recap a very busy week in the world of golf. But, gents, we got to start with some huge news. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They've done it. They've won a round for the first time since 2004, back when Vijay Singh was the top-ranked player in the world. That's the last time the Maple Leafs <laughs> won a playoff round. They did it. They did it, Mark. Tell us about your night watching the Maple Leafs do it on Saturday. Oh, well, this is going to come up a little later as well. The winner's weird or what. But, I mean, I got to be honest with you guys. It's more relief, right, than celebration. That was painful watching it. I mean, and I love the celebrations in downtown Toronto. This is a single round of the playoffs. And it looked like if, if there was any other city in the world, it was the equivalent of a Stanley Cup parade. But this is round one. I mean, if this, if this keeps going, this is just going to be phenomenal. I had a blast. Uh, I have renewed faith. I was not going to watch Game 7. I was going to refuse to watch Game 7 and treat it with the George Costanza uh, experience in the sense like, you know, if I just ignore it or if you believe the lie to be true, is it still a lie? Kind of that George Costanza saying, no, I was going to ignore Game 7. I don't have to worry about it. We're through. Go Leafs, go, baby. Bob, here's, here's some here's the bad here's the bad news part of it, though, guys. The Leafs have not won a second round, uh, second round match in since two thousand four either. So <laughs> right. they haven't been in the second round. I have, wah, I, have wah. Faith, I have faith. I have faith like you, and uh, I like the comments from the guys after. You know, they were very. It wasn't like they'd won the Stanley Cup. They realized this is just step one, and hopefully, we'll see. It's exciting to watch. Good for the city, and good for good for a lot of players by the way among the leaf fans on the pga tour are Corey connors mackenzie hughes uh taylor pendrith michael gligich so uh there's a bunch of them out there uh, elena sharp so they're all there's a, a deep pocket of uh, leaf fans on the pga tour now bob have you had a chance to speak with uh, your guy luke shen since uh since the dub well i will tell you the only story i have about luke shen so far i like to stay away from them you know during the playoffs However, uh, one of his sons had a birthday this week and his wife, beautiful wife, Jessica, posted some pictures, some lovely pictures. And one of them was of Luke and his son. And they were obviously going golfing. And Luke had a set of clubs over his shoulder. Um, let's just say they had a swoosh on them. And so I said, <laughs> where did you get that? I chirped out. I said, where did you get those from a museum i mean they haven't been making clubs for the last eight years <laughs> so so the only thing he responded is yeah i do get chirped quite a bit on that so uh maybe we'll have to send him to see our friend nick Obrich uh, when the season when the, the playoffs are over that's right it's uh they finally did it. it's hard to believe the last time they won a playoff series facebook wasn't a thing yet there's so much that was going on that, that the world has changed in so many ways ways shapes and forms since the maple leafs last one a playoff round and i know i know i don't know about you guys but 4 p.m i'll be tuned into overdrive later today because those guys are going to have an absolute field day talking about the maple leafs getting it done okay Three and a half minutes of Maple Leafs talk. We needed that. It's huge news in the GTA, but let's move on now 
to golf. And before we actually get to any news, let's start it with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Okay, gents, so we just mentioned some good news with the Maple Leafs. But now we're at a case now for Brooke Henderson as we get to the LPGA Tour, a miscut. And she obviously won her first start of the season. But since then, she clearly hasn't had, she's had some flashes where she's played well. You know, the T11 at the Lotte Championship, two shots off the lead at the Chevron Championship a couple of weeks back. But now a miscut. Bob, last week on the show, both on TV and radio, you said you were getting a little concerned now that we have another miscut. Where are you at now? Yeah, I am a little bit concerned. You know, this is this is very unusual. I went back and looked through the stats, and I think there's only been only three other times when she has missed this many cuts in a row without poster or missed this, had played this many tournaments in a row without logging a top 10. So obviously this is something unusual for her it's uh it's came last week on a course that she has won on before she's also missed the cut on it before but she's also won on it before so you kind of get to start scratching your head and saying is it one thing like i know her iron play she even admitted it in the press conference uh ahead of this week her iron play has not been good she had to work on that so you kind of scratch your head and say i wonder what is going on is it something off the course is it just something she needs to clean up with her golf game um but there's obviously some question marks now being raised about uh, where she is with her game. Mark, for you, when when you see Brooke Henderson and Miss Cut and some of these, you know, strokes gain approach stats, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, like I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't get to see a single shot get struck this week because I was drowning in the Mexico Open, uh, covering it for PGA Tour Radio, so I was unable to really watch anything else going on in the world of golf, but. Like always, I kind of had out of the corner of my eye was watching uh, the LPGA in Brooklyn. You know, it wasn't that bad a start. You know, she, she you know, it was sluggish on Thursday, but she opened with 70, I believe. And, uh, you know, she, the putting was okay. It was less than 30 putts on Thursday. She hit some greens, you know, more in her wheelhouse. You expect her to hit between 12 and 15 greens around. She hit 13 on Thursday. And then all of a sudden on Friday, and to me, you know, we were doing leaderboard updates and, and LPGA updates throughout our broadcast. The conditions looked good. It didn't look like they were playing in bad conditions. It looked like they had a nice week in LA, a lovely golf course. And all of a sudden on, on, on Friday, you know, it's one less green. Uh, it's a few more putts. And it just kind of felt like she couldn't get out of the blocks this week. So am I concerned? Yeah, because I think the standard's just so high for Brooke. But, and it's one of those weird ones with the LPGA Tour. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's like we wait all season for them to get going. And then they finally get going. And maybe she just needs a break. Like maybe maybe you can try too hard. Maybe you need to take a step away, do some work away from the golf course in competition, go back home, work on the range, da da da, get refocused. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of her. But, uh, to Bob's point now, with this stretch that we're in, which has been the longest of her career, with these type of results, uh, maybe doing more of the same is not the recipe. Yeah, it's so fascinating to think and for Brooke because she hadn't played, you know, she had taken a break with the LPJ Tour, their schedule as well, but she has said to you, Bob, that, you know, she wants to uh, sort of dedicate her schedule or work it around more of the major championships. But throughout her career, she's 
she's played almost every week, every season, and she tends to thrive in that sense. And now looking, you know, since that victory at the start of the year, T44, T48, miscut, T11, T23, when she was two shots off the lead heading into the weekend there at the Chevron Championship. And now a miscut. So it, we're going to keep following uh, Brooke Henderson as she, you know, tries to get back into her uh, better playing ways. But I mean, already a victory this season. So you guys know me, I like to keep a glass half full and hopefully Brooke can get back to it uh, here very shortly. Um, on the PGA Tour this week, we'll get to the Mexico Open on the other side. Before we get to news regarding the Wells Fargo Championship, Mark, have to congratulate you. TSN Edge winner, fourth win of the season for you. I mean, plus I can't take a lot of credit for this. The only thing I'm shocked at is I was the only one with them. In fact, when we did our picks, I was I was going, what is what's wrong with you guys? This is yeah. a layup over here. Yeah. This is not as good as some of the rabbits that uh, Bob has pulled out of his hat this year with some really great picks. To me, it was Rom and Finau and then everybody else. And FanDuel told, told us the same thing. It was also a horses for courses play, right? In the sense that Tony finished second here last year. He loves events where you got to make a lot of birdies and go low. That seems to be his ammo, 3M, Rocket Mortgage. 20 under is a nice number for Tony Finau when, when you know you got to hit that at the end of the week to win a golf tournament. So, hey. Four, I know we're going to get into this coming up, but yeah. four wins now in 12 months for Tony Finau, six overall. I mean, there's only one natural progression here for Tony Finau, right? Win something really big. We've got a playoff win. We've got six collective wins. Yeah. Coming into three major stretch here, boys. And four wins in the last 18 starts for Tony Finau. We'll get into Finau on the other side, but some news from the Wells Fargo Championship, which is getting going this week. Another designated event as this, the schedule really starts to pick up now with the PGA Championship a couple of weeks away. And then leading into the RBC Canadian Open, US Open, Travelers, et cetera, et cetera. And one player who skipped out on the last designated event was Rory McIlroy, and there was a financial, uh, some financial implications with that in terms of his uh, player impact program money. And we saw some quotes, players talking about Rory McIlroy in perhaps a negative way. Bob, what are you expecting when Rory speaks to the media, I would think Tuesday or Wednesday? Because as we all know, he is one of the most honest and best interviews in sports. I think there's going to be one of two things that's going to happen is he's going to tell us that there was some extenuating circumstances. Uh, I don't know what to characterize that as, but you can say that there was something that would, that would sort of necessitate. Yes, it's okay. We understand you missed it because illness or something family or something like that. Or he's going to say, look, I know I was the guy who helped create these rules, but I was just fried. I was burned out. Uh, the masters took a lot out of me. He'll be honest with us, as you point out. He's one of the more most honest people, if not the most honest person on the PGA Tour. So he'll come out and he'll take he'll take it on the chops if he uh, just decided to skip it because he was burned out. But let, let's not lose sight of the fact that we've had a few players this this year, Aaron Wise coming up, who have who have left, taken leaves for for mental health issues, and maybe it's something along those lines. I'm not quite sure uh, where we do it, but I think we have to kind of hold back on. Um, on suggesting anything, although I've just done that for the last couple of this year. Um, but I think we should, I think we should let Rory speak and then make our judgments once we hear that. But I think it's going to be a full media center when he does step in there for sure. 
And so, Mark, that's Rory off the golf course, but on the golf course, what are you expecting from him this week? Because, you know, expectations, like he's had this really bizarre year, you know, he wins over on the DP World Tour, he shows up at the Players' Championship and can't hit a fairway for his life, and he, you can tell he's, he's pretty, he wasn't the happiest about what he was doing and the way he was hitting his driver, makes the subtle driver adjustment change to the length of a shaft, new putter, and he looks like a robot at the WGC match play. It looks like, oh, he's going into the Masters with so much momentum, lays an egg at Augusta National. So my question to you is, now what? I expect them to play well this week because because I, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but for lack of a better term of describing it, I expect him to play well because he doesn't care. I, I mean, does he want to win? Sure. Uh, would he like to get back in form? Yes. Is this a place where he's had success before? Certainly. Horses for courses play this week. But the real reason I expect uh, Rory to play well this week is it doesn't matter. Nothing he does the remainder of the year, with the exception of winning a major championship, will ever affect his legacy. End of story. The only thing that's going to affect his legacy, in my opinion, moving forward, is if he starts to win majors again, because it's been 10 years since, almost 10 years since he's won a major, 2014. And we're not there. In a couple of weeks, when we get to Rochester, is the next time that he can change the way the world and, and history will look upon rory and just to put a button on you know the presser to bob's point uh i don't like what he did and we don't really know the details but odds are if we just you know make some assumptions here he probably was just burnt out and took a walk walk away hey he didn't whine or complain about the penalty what what's it cost him money wise guys like three three million dollars yeah so he he's gonna play he's gonna pay three mil he's gonna pay his penalty those are the rules and he's going to take it like a man and move on. He didn't whine about it. He didn't tweet about it. He didn't fight it. He didn't suggest it was unfair. Paying his money, moving on. And if they decide in the future that the penalty's got to be more severe, that too many guys are walking away, that $3 million isn't enough to hurt these guys anymore, then let's make it $10 million. But whatever it is, for now, he took his penalty, and that's it. And he got that penalty because it was, it was the second time not playing in a designated event and two guys who aren't playing in a designated event for the first time this week, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, which is interesting. And as well, Bob, Nick Taylor electing not to play this week. Do you have any Intel into the reasoning behind that? I do. Nick Taylor and his wife, Andy are expecting. So oh. uh, he's going to stay home in Vancouver or I should say Abbotsford and uh, await the arrival of their second child. And I think something there's an example, a perfect example of why I think it's okay for him to miss a designated event i'm sure he'd like to be out playing with the big purse and the way he's been playing this year but uh but i think there are more important things in life yes much much more important uh, good for nick taylor uh, and his wife that's uh, that's great news well we got a busy show today uh brian crawford the rbc canadian open tournament director is going to join us uh, in about uh, 20 minutes time or so to uh preview the rbc canadian open as well we're going to be joined by Warren Thomas from Cobble Beach in hour two to take a look at Cobble Beach and, and what a very exciting season it's going to be there. We'll have winners weird and what. We're also going to take a look back at Taylor Gooch winning back-to-back -back weeks on the Live Tour and Phil Mickelson with some more comments to the media. Go Rage Goats! <laughs> 
We'll have uh, all that more coming up next. But first, the Mexico Open recap. We'll take a look back at Tony Finau's victory. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. It is Scully. It is Zucchino. It is Weeks. We've got a busy show today, and it was another busy week in the world of golf where Tony Finau got it done at the Mexico Open, his sixth career win, fourth win in his last 280 days. And for a guy who, that was the narrative for Finau, just not being able to cross the finish line and get that victory. And now what does he do? He's really broken out really if you will to go on and win the fourth player with multiple wins this season joining rom scheffler and max homa so mark you had some interesting comments in our last segment talking about the next step for fina and that obviously is a major and he's had pretty good success at major championships in the past given the run he is currently on given we have a major in a couple of weeks what are your thoughts on fina as we head to the pga championship shortly I think he's got to be on everybody's radar. Um, don't know enough about the renovation at Oak Hill yet to, to know what to expect in terms of what kind of ballpark, other than it's going to be a real big one, which you've got to think is going to suit Tony. He hit it so straight and so far this week, but it was so easy to do at Mexico to keep it in the fairway. So it's hard to connect those dots. I don't know about you guys, but I think the real difference now for Tony is, is the short game. I mean, so he only hit 12 greens uh, on Sunday in Mexico, which was his lowest greens in red total all week. Uh, he got up and down from some great places, had some tight lie flop, flop shots that he had to pull off. And more importantly, uh, buried a lot of par putts, five feet, seven feet, a big one from the fringe on eight that was outside 20 feet. For me, Tony Finau around the greens and with the putter, although an awkward style uh bob who was the japanese player back in the day with it up on the t on the heel i say oaoki i say yeah it, it is it is almost identical only tony not using a bull's bullseye he's using uh um uh, you know an answer style uh ping type putter yeah up on the toe it's wide open in the air but he's getting it done you know he was six for six in scrambling on sunday and I mean, if Tony Finau has learned to win, which I think he has, and if Tony Finau has found the short game to marry with the long game, he's got to be on our radar, guys, this year for the next three majors. You mentioned the putting there, Mark. Last season, 85th in strokes gained putting. This season, right now, 44th. So uh, putting has been a huge improvement uh, for Tony Finau's game. Bob, for you, where are you at now with Tony Finau? Obviously, recency biases. He just has a victory. He just beat the world number one in a duel in Mexico on a fairly wide open golf course, which we'll, I'll ask you about this later, Mark, about the golf course itself. But what are your thoughts on Finau right now, Bob? I think Tony Finau is doing two things. One, he's gaining a ton of confidence in his own abilities. You used to see Tony Finau get out to some good leads early in the week and then maybe not be able to sustain that during the week. 
can get into the final groups. Uh, I can remember him at Genesis playing against Max Homa. There's other other events where you see him over the years where he's just never been able to close it out. And I always wondered if that was a little bit of lack of confidence. But to see him hold off John Rom, especially after John Rom shows up on Sunday morning having uh, just shot 61 the day before and to close the gap and be you know right on your tail. Uh, Tony Finau looked like he was just out for a Sunday walk and played with all sorts of great game. As Mark says, the short game and the putting, especially to me, have really started to shine for him. And 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 I think, you know, he's been in the top five in all five and all four majors at one point or another. He's finished there. So he has a well-rounded game, obviously, when it comes to the major championships. And yeah, recency bias is certainly there, but he's got to be a, a guy you look at when we go to Oak Hill in a couple of weeks. And so he took down John Rahm, and Rahm just continues to play remarkable golf. I know after he went on his three wins to start the season, I believe he put his over-under at five and a half or four and a half, one of those two. Five and a half. Five, five and, and a half. half. We moved it. We started it at four and a half, and then we, after the last <laughs> victory, we moved it to five and a half, and the three of us are still over five and a half. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's sort of like with Rahm, it seems if he's within – eight shots of the leaderboard after 36 holes, he's going to be in the mix. I remember being in the car with you two in, uh, in San Diego where, you know, he, he, had, he got off to a poor start at Torrey Pines and he's like, look out for John Rahm. What's he, he's four under in the first six holes. And now he's right back in the mix. So for John Rahm, like this guy is just playing some remarkable golf. And I believe he's the betting favorite right now on, on FanDuel for the PGA championship. And Mark, from what you saw this week too in Mexico, I mean, we mentioned his driving stats earlier, how that's the worst of a strokes gain category. But what did you see from Rom overall this week? There's no weakness in this, this man's game, zero. And I called them uh, the raging bull this week. Cause that's what he's like. He is fiery and he is thick and he wants to win. And that's part of the reason I know Bob and I both had him this week in our TSN edge picks. Uh, I went with Rom, Finau, and Wallace. Wallace missed the cut after a good start to this tournament, so that was a bit of a head-scratcher. But you can tell Rom is never there in a um, ceremonial capacity. He was the defending champ, and you know he probably would have really liked a week off. But if he's there, he's there to win. And you can tell, it, it, I mean, he's fiery and he's angry, and he almost got it done. You know, what killed John Rom was Friday. He really lost his golf tournament on Friday when he – he made Eagle on six and birdie at seven and was really marching to the top of his leaderboard and about to take control of this golf tournament and made a double bogey at the par three night that kind of righted the ship a little bit on the back nine, but shot 68 on Friday, you know, on a day where guys were tearing up the golf course and got himself behind the eight ball. The 61 on Saturday, course record, just brilliant, fired himself back into this. But the three of us talk weekly about how hard it is to go low a day after you go super low. To me, this is just so impressive that he was able to finish solo second. Every time he puts the ball on the ground, he has a chance to win. It is it is incredible. And you know what? I heard a weird stat. I mean, if you're trying to nitpick, and it's funny because this used to be a stat that would follow Rory McIlroy around. And maybe you can pull up the exact number at some point here, Skulls, before we wrap up today's show. But John Rahm, from like 75 yards to like 125 yards is somewhere like 150th on the PGA tour. It's something crazy like that. So you, you go for a guy who wins these many golf tournaments, Bob, who shoots 61, who's one of the longest best drivers of the golf ball on the planet. Kind of like Rory's conversation that we had a year ago. I mean, if he ever gets the wedges dialed in to the same level as ever that every other aspect of his game, I mean, 
we could see a 10 win season if he gets the wedges going at any point. I, I mean, some of the numbers were really strange on his wedges. You got anything there for us, Scully? Yeah, I, I do. And uh, we got to go to break here shortly. When we, I want to pick this conversation up, but to, to, to your point, 141st on the PGA tour in approach from 75 to hundred yards, 120th on the PGA tour in approach from hundred to 125, 116th on the PGA tour from 50 to 125 yards and a hundredth from 125 to 150 yards. So, it, I mean, there's so many stats, which is... But I mean, outside I mean, of a, outside of 75 yards, from 75 yards to 150, and in that 100 to 125 wheelhouse, he's outside 100 on the PGA Tour for the number one player in the world. That's wild. That, that's wild for, for Rombo. I, well, I, I'm going to ask you about Rombo on the other side, Bob. We're also going to be joined by RBC Tournament, uh, RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino. Picking up that John Rahm conversation that we uh, were speaking about just before going to break. And some of those numbers uh, with the wedges, really. And then once he gets outside uh, 150 yards, I mean, he is who he is for a reason. And that those stats are pretty eye-opening to me, Bob, and as well. Mark mentioned this too. His, you know, would you call him Mark a raging bull? Is that what you were yeah, calling he's, him? Uh... Toro Furioso. It means raging bull in Spanish. Okay. Okay. We got our first Spanish of, uh, of this season. Oh, wow. I thought you were Italian. What's going on here? It's so close. <laughs> Spanish and Italian. It's just so close. You've changed. But for, for Rom's, the early part of Rom's career, we saw him like quite literally have meltdowns on the golf course. But now he, he's obviously he's older. He's matured. But he still uses that emotion, that quote unquote rage. And I think it still helps his game, but now he's more a little more mellow. Uh, what do you think overall of that, Bob, in terms of how he's changed and or matured as his career has gone on? Well, you look at all the great Spanish golfers and Seve and, uh, and Sergio, and even to a little bit of that extent, uh, Marie, Jose Maria Olazabal, they all had that same kind of passion for the game. And sometimes it boils over. Uh, but I think he's learned very much how to channel that temper or that uh, whatever you want to call it, into his game and and to help him rather than get mad at himself he says i'm going to go out there i'm going to play better and that's a huge part of i think the the, the maturation of john romoville the last four or five years those numbers you read out about the wedge play before the break were were absolutely stunning um and for him to be this good at <laughs> so good this year without with those numbers is actually pretty remarkable because you'd think he'd have to be a little bit better with that so if he ever gets those uh straightened out even marginally look out yeah look out it's already been a great season for john rom with the four with uh, the number of victories obviously and he's playing some great golf and i'm sure we'll be seeing rom in the winners winners circle again here 
uh, not too far down the road. But here in Canada, the RBC Canadian Open is back. And last year was arguably one of the greatest RBC Canadian Opens we've ever seen. The turnout, the the atmosphere, everything involved. It was just a week that I will certainly never forget. And I know a lot of my, a lot of friends, that sort of thing, they talk about that week a lot as they really enjoyed the event. And this year, it's at Oakdale. And Bob, you had a chance to go one-on-one with RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford for a little preview of what's to come this year at the RBC Canadian Open. Brian Crawford is the tournament director for the RBC Canadian Open. And Brian, thank you for giving us some time here. I know you've got some big announcements coming out here Monday afternoon, this afternoon. But we wanted to give you, before we did that, we sort of wanted to catch up and just find out what it's been like in the lead up to where you are right now. When did you actually start the build out and putting up stands and doing all the things that you need to do for the RBC Canadian Open this year? Yeah, and we actually got started uh, last fall. So we spent about five weeks uh, in November uh, into December uh, building our scaffolding and starting to get started on site so that we could really hit the ground running uh, in March. As you know, the spring can be unpredictable sometimes. And despite how soft of a winter it was, you know, we got it all on the back end this year here in the GTA. So uh, we were thankful, though, that we had gotten some of that work done earlier in the fall because we could get started even before the golf course you know, didn't have snow on the ground. Um, When you look at last year's build out, I know it was massive. You had all sorts of sponsors. You had all sorts of places for fans to go. And what's it like compared to this year's event? Yeah, I mean, the course is, um, you know, a much, much larger property uh, than last year. It has uh, 27 holes. So we're actually have activity on 25 of the 27 holes on property. So obviously the golf tournament itself on 18, but admissions or fairway fan village area, uh, the driving range, we built a temporary driving range here using a couple of the holes that uh, aren't in play. Uh, So there's a lot of activity going on across the property, which is great because it allows us to, to do more. And we've grown and expanded, you know, our overall build probably by about 36% from a year over year. So about 200,000 square feet of space that uh, we've built and activations galore. The fairway itself, uh, the fairway itself is 20,000 square feet larger than it was last year at St. George's. So lots of really great things happening. It's nice to be able to, to spread out a bit and, and be able to uh, give ourselves a little bit more room to operate. How, how much uh, compared to last year, where it was such a huge success, how do you, sort of top last year, or if it was equal to last year, would you be happy? Yeah, I mean, I think we're always striving to be better than the year before. Um, You know, that's certainly our goal here. We want to grow. We want to have more uh, fans, more people that are being introduced to the RBC Canadian Open for the first time uh, that will hopefully become, you know, lifelong fans of the RBC Canadian Open going forward. So as great as last year was, uh, Hamilton was great in 2019. Glen Abbey was great in 2018 before that, you know, we want to top that and have, you know, an outstanding experience with not only the golf tournament, but everything that's happening around the golf tournament as well. And we, you know, we focus on what we can control and the golf, you know, on the course is, uh, you know, the part that takes care of itself. Uh, tell us a little bit about this course, because I know for a lot of people, it's it's not a widely known golf course. I mean, I think people know the name, but I don't know how many people have played on it. I, on, I know I only played there for the first time about four or five years ago. Um, describe this golf course or what the makeup of the 18 holes that you're going to use for this tournament. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it is an, it is a golf course that isn't as familiar to a lot of people. They've been somewhat of a quiet course, despite being you know a hundred years old um, here where they where they're located. So um, you've got three nines here, as I mentioned before. So twenty seven holes, uh, kind of the original portion designed by Stanley Thompson, and you've got a kind of a front nine. We've taken you know a collection of all three nines to create this compound routing that'll play at um, just over uh, 7,200 yards. So a very long uh, test for us uh, for what we're used to at the RBC Canadian Open. So we've got this front nine, you've got a lot of uh, smaller greens, well defended, um, a little bit different, a little more topography in that section. And you got a back nine that's a little more straight away, uh, a few more scoring opportunities kind of coming down the stretch, coming home. So I think it sets up for a really you know, interesting and exciting um, tournament. Uh, much like the other courses that we've hosted at, you know, a traditional Parkland style course, you know, obviously being a Stanley Thompson course. So, you know, you've got to really think your shots and, and work through, you know, kind of every club in your bag. Um, so we're excited about that, that it, it's, a, it's not something that guys are just going to be able to uh, overpower. Um, we've got the, we've got some distance that we don't necessarily have, but they still have, you know, a lot of uh, intricacy to how they're going to work their way around the golf course. How about ticket sales? I know uh, they've been on sale for a little bit, and I understand corporate sales, first of all, are going through the roof once again. But but give us an update on uh, on on those kind of aspects. Yeah, so the corporate hospitality has been absolutely tremendous. Um, we've grown 25% year over year from St. George's, and, and that's part of what fuels all of kind of the build and the scale. You know, we're on our build front, we're really excited. We're going to be, you know, uh, utilizing a double-decker tent structure for the first time ever. It was uh, something that we were able to get with the federal government's uh, support last year, so it's something that Golf Canada now has in its arsenal uh, for future events. So uh, we're really excited about that opportunity and having that uh, to access for, you know, some of our hosting needs. So, you know, that growth has been tremendous and, and we've had an unbelievable response from, um, you know, the corporate community, but the, uh, the membership at, uh, here at Oakdale as well. So we're really excited there. Uh, the GA ticket sales have been on sale in varying degrees for quite some time, launched in the, launched in the fall. Uh, really, the full ticket allotment only went on sale a few weeks ago with kind of the major launch and push actually just starting on, on Monday for, for the media day. So um, trending kind of right on target of year over year compared to last year with really this final five weeks being where we're you know, expecting obviously the most push, which is pretty much standard every year for us for the RBC Canadian Open. So now that the weather's getting nice, people are back out on the golf course as all of our uh, initiatives and events and stuff are announced, our player fields are announced, those sorts of things, people get excited. And, and that's really when uh, kind of the uh, response comes from the marketplace. So uh, we're expecting to surpass last year's numbers and we're, we're striving towards that, you know, for the beginning of June. Uh, I, I know you can't say all the players who are going to be showing up, but I'm assuming we'll have a good content of Canadian uh, Canadian content and a uh, perhaps a defending champion show up and try and get go for the three-peat. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, first and foremost, of course, uh, is Rory, you know, back to go for the three-point and defend his title. Um, you know, that would be something that's never been done at the RBC Canadian Open before. So that's that's very special. Uh, but he's going to have a tough task against a, a pretty healthy field of challengers, starting with Team RBC. You know, they're, uh, they've got probably three of the best young players on, on tour, uh, you know, two of which just dueled it out a few weeks ago at the, at the match play. Um, 
So, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a tremendous field, obviously supported by our Canadians as well, who are, you know, in contention every single week, uh, challenging for, uh, for tournament titles. So uh, we're really, really, um, you know, pleased with how the field is shaping up, you know, what it looks like. Um, we've got the best home court advantage with Team RBC and with our Canadians. And then we've got some great announcements to make uh, coming up at Media Day and then uh, through the month of May as we lead up to the tournament of other, of other players that will be joining the field this year. Uh, before before I let you go, I, I did hear that uh, there's a, they're still looking perhaps for some volunteers. So if people want to get involved and volunteer for the RBC Canadian Open, there may be still some opportunities. Am I still correct with that? Yeah, so as with you know everything else that's uh, grown this year, there are a number our need for volunteers has grown as well. You know we're targeting about 2,300 volunteers to help execute RBC Canadian Open this year. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got about a couple hundred to go, which uh, we're recruiting diligently this, this week. Uh, you know, our gallery management, the marshals, the corporate hospitality, VIP services staff, you know, are kind of big committees and uh, ones that we're looking to round out and fill out. So it's an awesome experience, um, you know, to be part of that. All the volunteers that take part get a guest pass for a guest as well. Their uniforms, meals on site, all these sorts of things. It's a pretty cool experience, uh, especially for, uh, for a golf fan. All right. You can go to uh, RBC Canadian Open uh, online, and I'm sure there's a link to the to the uh, volunteers. Brian, uh, thank you so much for spending your time dining with us. I know it's a busy time of year, even though it's still, what are we, six, seven weeks away still, I know. But uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Yeah, we've got, uh, we got just about uh, 40 days away, so it's coming up quick. And we should also note that Brian Crawford is going to join us again on Wednesday because some news is coming out and you won't want to miss that coming up on the other side we'll discuss the rbc canadian open and if we play any golf yet we'll chat about that and much more coming up next this segment of gtc presented by taylor made was brought to you by WeatherTech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories this is golf talk canada presented by taylor made this segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up hour one here on GTC, Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks. Well, we just heard from RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford. And uh, Bob, I want to go to you first because, you know, you've been obviously covered uh, a number of RBC Canadian Opens throughout your career. And when you look back at what last year was, just how special was that and how much are you looking forward to, to this year's tournament? I mean, other than the year that uh, the Tiger came, I can't think of another one that would even compare to it. The one last year was um, such a fan experience more than anything. And players, it was interesting that the week after was the U.S. Open. And I went, obviously, down there. And we were standing, our, our broadcast position was right near the putting green. And a lot of players and caddies came up and said, wow, you know, what an event. That was unbelievable. The crowds were crazy. Uh, the, you know everything they needed and don't forget it was the same week last year as the first live event so it really made up really made a point and so i think looking back at all the opens i've covered that's in terms of the excitement of the fan appeal the sales of the sponsorship and the build out it was such a big 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 event mark for you obviously you were there with pga tour radio what were your uh when you look back at that week what are your, some of your fondest memories 
Oh, it's one of the best weeks of my career getting to walk uh, 72 holes with Rory and, and call pretty much every single shot he hit for four days is most excitement I, I've, I've felt. Uh, I'll echo exactly what Bob said, because everywhere I've been, you know, since last year, when I'm working down at PGA Tour Live in St. Augustine or out there with my radio guys, they all say the same thing. Anybody who had anything to do with last year's Canadian Open said that that might be the best tournament on the PGA Tour last season. I mean, people loved it. The players loved it. It's it's the best Canadian. I was not I didn't have the pleasure of, of being part of the 2000 Canadian Open. So I, you know, I just watched Tiger hit that shot on TV like the majority of the country. So for me, hands down, that's the greatest Canadian Open I've ever been a part of. And uh, um, it should be seen, Golf Canada, a victim of their own success now having to, uh, having, we're talking about Golf Canada. It's a back, it's a compliment, right? It's, uh, we talk about Golf Canada the way we talk about Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. They've raised the bar so high in the last few years that it's, uh, it's tough to get there, but with the news that we know is coming that we can't talk about yet and just some of the stuff we know going on behind the scenes that hopefully we'll be able to talk about on Wednesday, um, I think this year is going to be exceptional. Yeah, and all we can wait and and uh, be excited for, hopefully, is some good weather because so far in the GTA, we have not gotten a lot of any good weather at all. It's been outright awful to be frank uh bob uh i know we mark you mentioned last week that you're not really uh you know well, i'm being forced this, to play weather yeah friday boys it's supposed to be now if the forecast is accurate they're suggesting 14 degrees and, and partly sunny on friday Bomby. and that is our men's opening at the toronto hunt which okay. is nine holes in dinner so if it maintains double digits and a mix of sun and cloud i will break my rule of above 15 and uh, partake in my club's opening. But if it dives at all, if it looks for any minute, like it's going to be rain or single digits, I am out. Okay. <laughs> Bob, for you, have you played? Uh, I have not. I've hit balls at our range and for about 45 minutes, one day last week, I think, I can't remember. I think it was Tuesday, maybe after, anyway, I think it was Tuesday afternoon. There was a little bit of sun that came out and it was, sort of pot passable but other than that i'm uh i'm walking blind i'm hoping this week uh we'll get some we'll get some stuff and i have the uh the monday four o'clock game with my dad set up for later today we'll see if that actually happens or not oh there you go a, a big day well that's great and i uh, i was supposed to play golf throughout the weekend i played nine holes last friday was supposed to play 18 and the rain came i was supposed to tee off at 10 a.m saturday morning felt like minus two i said you know what that's just not for me i don't really want to do that and then sunday perhaps after enjoying the maple leafs victory i know you guys <laughs> saw some videos on social media regarding that maybe a voice was a little hoarse in that matter anyway we still played nine holes it was a little wet but uh, I've got a great Adidas rain suit. I was ready to keep going, but the other guys in the group, they'd had enough. So, like TJ Rule says, right, Skulls? There's no bad golf weather, just bad golf gear. That's yes. <laughs> that. That's a great line. I have to give a shout out too to some of the Bayview members uh, who are loyal listeners of the show. I had uh, a guy by the name of Brock came up to me uh, because last week I had the line on the show where I said, "Oh, I'm not a very good golfer. I'm a four handicap," and he came up to me and said that to my face. I thought that was. <laughs> Uh, well, Bob called you out for that. Bob yeah, said, yeah, I not, did. You're not going to make a lot of friends with comments like that, yeah, Scott. Yeah, I've I got to watch what I do, I guess, with that. But no, it, it's great to be back uh, playing golf. And, uh, you know, it's it's the GTA. It's The fall is going to be really nice. We're going to have some good, good weather here 
coming up very shortly, which uh, I know I'm super excited about. And speaking of excitement, uh, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. We'll announce this week's winner on social media a little later in the week, uh, a Spider uh, GT Max, a putter that I actually just put in the bag. And I was texting both of you guys because this is the putter with the adjustable weights on the back and if you basically if you put the weights up it feels like a blade and if it if you put the weights back it feels like a mallet so it's almost it's two putters in one really and you guys know me sometimes i can be a bit of a streaky putter although ralph bauer did change my life putting last year uh mark have you have you taken a look at this putter yet? i played around with it a bit when we were at the kingdom and then it yeah. bit up the hq and it's more than two putters in one okay. it's a gazillion putters in one because you put the weights forward it's blade to your point, you put mm -hmm. it back, it increases the MOI. So now you're mallet, but you can play with Ho-Tang, uh, ho Toe-Hang, toe -hang. easy for me to say, Toe-Hang and heel as well. So I don't know about Ho-Tang. I don't think there's a putter <laughs> that touches that. <laughs> That's a new name for their new putter. Don't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's too funny. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, uh, Bob, for you, before we go to break here, as I've, I don't think I've ever seen Mark laugh that hard before. Uh, Bob, uh, you also tried the putter out in uh, in Carlsbad. Do you want to give it a whirl? Yeah, I do. I want to. I want to try that. I mean, I think it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I don't know if once I get the the, the weight set, if I'll move them or not. But it's kind of cool to have a little bit of that option, and I know that the uh, I know that uh, that that having that available ability might make it you know if you have a bad day or a couple of bad days maybe you want to change it up so uh but i do i do want to try the hotang as well we'll see before i put it in the bag well 20 weeks of tailor-made does continue throughout the summer here on uh, golf talk canada giving away over forty thousand dollars in product throughout the summer and you get to watch Mark laugh his you-know-what off. I've never seen you laugh that hard, Mark. This has been a highlight uh, <laughs> through the show uh, for me. Uh, that wraps up hour one here on GTC. Coming up on the other side, we're going to recap what happened on the Live Tour this past weekend. Phil Mickelson with some more comments. We're going to learn all about Cobble Beach as they get set to open their golf season. We'll have winners, weird and what. And we'll also have some huge news from a Canadian on the Corn Ferry Tour. All that and more coming up as we kick off Hour 2. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
Welcome back inside GTC Hour 2, the back nine here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Zacchino all around the table. And coming up in Hour 2, we'll have winners, weird and what, because as always, no shortage of bizarre in the world of golf throughout this week. We'll also learn about Cobble Beach, a great destination to head to as the golf season really is in full swing now, despite the weather in the GTA. We're still, golf season's here. Come on. Golf season is here. And speaking of golf season and on the professional side of things, the Live Series continued in Singapore and Taylor Gooch wins for the second straight week. And, you know, last year we spoke all about how much money these guys are making, but for him, it's only eight million dollars individually in two weeks like that's that's not anything to to laugh about for sure but i mean whether you're playing uh regardless of the tour you're playing on winning back-to-back weeks as a professional bob he's, he's playing some good golf right now it is and he had a couple of 62s the week before in uh in adelaide and uh been playing some good golf and I think the most interesting thing of, of what's happening here in the last couple of weeks is that, and I've been on this and you guys know I've been on this about, there's some focus now on the actual product on the golf course. You know, we're talking about Taylor Gooch playing good golf. We're talking about him shooting 62s. We're talking about him winning. And yes, he's winning a lot of money, but it's not just about, um, it's not just about the money he's winning. It's about the scores and how well he is playing. Having said that, um, you know, I don't know who came second or third or fourth or fifth. Or a lot of people may not know exactly what happens there this time he had to he had to taylor gooch did have to work for it a little bit but uh but good for him that's i mean that's some some good playing golf yeah taylor gooch beat sergio in a playoff and brooks kepka finishes one shot out of that playoff so uh, i i wonder too uh, mark i'm curious on your perspective on this because you know heading into the masters live pga tour that was a huge storyline and were we going to see guys you know not scrap, but maybe some have some arguments, that sort of thing. And really, it was a non-story for a lot of the week as a viewer watching that. And you wonder, too, if more people are looking at Live in a more of a positive manner, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I don't know if it's more positive as opposed to, okay, they're there. And we have relationships with the guys that left uh, the, with their head held high and left the proper way. And I always refer to it as, you know, leaving your job, right? Leave your job with class. Give notice. Leave with the bridges built. Don't light them on fire on your way out the door. And we've seen this in our industry, guys. Um, it's a small world, the media world in Canada. And there's people that have come and gone through the TSN family that are still beloved inside our building and inside our company because of the way they left. And some of them are probably welcome to come back one day or have come back one day. And then there's the opposite side of that coin. <laughs> and I think that's what you've seen with the Live Series, right? With guys who like Harold Varner third and uh, guys like that. I always bring up HV3 because he's such a good guy. But that, like those guys, say, listen, I'm going for the money. I'm going because I can do things for my foundation. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Versus the grow the game, jump in the lawsuit, uh, light the tour on fire, push them in front of the bus on the way out the door. Those are the guys that, that have the problem. But to get back to the golf side of this, I'm with Bob in sense that we're talking a little bit more about the golf. But none of this surprises me. And I want to get your take on this. Because I have always felt that 
you know, now Sergio had a good week, but that's a one-off. And you're going to have one-off weeks by guys. But I've always felt that generally speaking, out of 48 guys on this series, there's eight of them that are still uh, world-class players that can compete at any level. And I am shocked that it's taken this long, even though they don't play a lot, to get back-to-back winners in Taylor Gooch because, I mean, you got Taylor Gooch, Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Mito Pereira, Joaquin Neiman, maybe Patrick Reed. I mean, there's one or two other names, maybe four other names. You can't get past 12 yeah. out of 48. That's a push. Everybody else here is in a ceremonial capacity, so I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, it's it's certainly, I mean, it's crazy to think that they're, they're a, in existence and be, you know, not they're not thriving, but like more people are certainly paying attention to what they're doing. And obviously when you get Phil Mickelson play one of the great final rounds that we've seen in recent Masters history or overall Masters history, and now he's playing better golf too, Mark. You know what's interesting, Bob? You know what? I want your take on this because both of your opinion, because they've done a real strategic job of, of picking weeks against weak events on the PGA Tour. And although it was such a great success for them to go to Australia in a starved golf market and now Singapore this week, I mean, if any week they wish they were on uh, American soil, it would have been the last two weeks because, I mean, this is happening in the middle of the night. No one, you know, no one's really watching and no one's really caring because, you know, they wake up and they read their Twitter feed and they see it. And that's the extent of the North American audience. Them playing this in the middle of the night, I got to think, is killing them by. Well, no one is watching when they were in primetime in regular North American terms uh, time. So I don't know if they're going to stay up in the middle of the night and watch it. But um, there's there's, you know, there. I don't know. There, There's still a lot to go before this becomes sort of legitimized. It's something that I think fans are going to regularly tune into, whether it be watching it or just reading about it. Well, and I mentioned Phil Mickelson earlier and, you know, he had a pretty good finish this past week finishing a T13 and he, you know, he fills Phil and, you know, he, he was talking in the masters throughout that week before his Sunday final round out. He was, he was close. He was really close. He was hitting a lot of good shots. It just wasn't quite clicking. And then it did. Uh, and now he's come up with more quotes before we get to the official, the world ranking stuff where he, he expects to be in contention at the major championships. I mean, he didn't play the PGA. He didn't, he didn't get a chance. Well, he, chose not to defend his title at the PGA championship last year, given how he played at the masters in the final round, Mark, how do you think Oak Hill and Phil Mickelson line up? When's the last time Phil Mickelson's played a golf course with rough, like for real, I can't tell you the last time. I mean, he didn't play one at Augusta. That was the, it's the biggest horses for courses play of the year. Augusta national. We all know that. I mean, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Fred couples, Jack Nicholas, Sevi Ballesteros, maybe Nick Faldo. There's like eight or nine guys that are master level genius. Augusta fills one of them. So he could contend there the rest of his natural born life. It wouldn't surprise me. Similar to what couples is still making cuts, right? And Nicholas did well into his years. Leaving Augusta and competing at a major somewhere else where the rough's going to be thick. I mean, we still got to learn a little bit about Oak Hill, but if Oak Hill is the new Oak Hill is anything like the old Oak Hill, you're going to have to hit it long and straight, really straight. Mm, I'm not buying it, Skulls. Bob, for you, Phil, Oak Hill, what do you think? 
Uh, I'm yeah, I, I'm still a little skeptical. I think that uh, as Mark says, he knows Augusta National probably him and Tiger know better than anybody else who was still in that field last week. And I think or last year or last month. Boy, <laughs> I'm I'm just like a hotang there. But I think um I think that um I think that it's it's not beyond possibility that Phil could contend. He is that good still. We saw that at at, at that championship, but he knows those greens. He knows where the putts are going to break. So I'm, I'm a little bit in Mark's camp. I don't think really, uh, you know, show me first and then I'll, I'll believe it. Well, he's continues to be entertaining and now he's back on social media. You know, he's hitting bombs again, you know, like that's all come out on social media. I haven't seen any thumbs up all-stars like he was doing uh, back as well, or, or hellacious seeds as he liked to call them, call them back, uh, back in his day too. But uh, we spent some of last Wednesday show, playing out some clips from Bryson DeChambeau talking about the official world golf ranking and how something needs to be changed. And we gave our opinions on it. Now, Phil Mickelson uh, later in the tournament uh, in Singapore was also asked about the same thing. And I'm going to read a quote from Phil and here it is. We have to come up with a qualifying mechanism that is inclusive. And if the official world golf ranking isn't going to be inclusive, then they have to find another way. Maybe they take the top five or top 10 in Liv's individual point standings or winners on Liv. They're going to have to find a way to get the best Liv players in their field if they want to have the best field in golf and be what major championships are about. So they're already looking at that. Interesting. Mark, what do you think about that? They don't have to do anything. I know Phil's like a huge egomaniac and he can't get his head in the room these days. So I get that Phil, but they don't have to do anything. And just because you said something, Phil, it doesn't have to be true. Now, are they having these discussions that he's alluded to? Possibly. I don't know. Maybe he knows more than we do. I know he thinks he knows more than anyone. So <laughs> let's just, you know, go there. Um, we do know that Taylor Gooch has been offered an invite to the PGA championship. The PGA yep. of America has the, ability to extend that they have he's currently still in the top 60 in the world and probably a really good invite based on how he's playing right now but they don't have to do anything and to what bob said last week and bob was 1000 percent right they knew the rules they bought their ticket they knew what they were getting into as they said in the movie airplane adam which was well before you were even born they bought their ticket i say let them crash <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you think uh yeah i don't think i don't think that uh, you can walk up here and having you know gone to a different set of rules that you're playing by on live golf and then say oh by the way you have to switch the world golf rankings because they're not fair to us you know that's not quite that's kind of putting the cart before the horse i don't think that's fair to uh to the people who have abided by the rules all these years and and i sort of think that phil is uh i mean as mark says phil phil is a guy who's going to be think he's the smartest guy in the room and he's going to try and maneuver things around. And I just don't see how it is. Now there's a bunch of, a whole bunch of live guys who are going to play in the PGA championship just by the rules that they have. Uh, the last Ryder cup team, by the way, gets, gets spots in there. So in the, uh, in the, in the PGA championship. So there's a whole bunch of uh, guys who are going to be in that field right now. And I don't know how many more of the guys who you would want from that tour would get into the tour any other way. I mean, as Mark's, listed those guys before all the whatever it is dozen guys there's not many more than those that really are deserving of a spot in the pga championship so i don't think we're really far off from what you would get anyway and that's going to be as as the summer progresses you know 
with the Ryder Cup because you know there are some uh, Brooks Kepka came out and said you know if if they ask us to play we'd love to play and if Brooks Kepka's on his game in my opinion he is one of the 12 best American players in the world and given his performance at the Masters given he appears to be healthy again who knows uh, Mark was it last week or two weeks ago you played the, those comments out from Zach Johnson talking about it was last week and yeah that no formal decision has been made yet that as far as he's concerned or he is aware that some of them are still in good standing as PGA of America members mm-hmm. and yada, 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 yada. Um, as of right now, if we look at the team standings, Brooks Kepka is in the 17th position on the U.S. Uh, Ryder Cup team. He is the closest uh, live player to qualifying. Uh, they have not updated after the Finau win. Finau is at 19. He's going to move up from that. But I mean, right now, you would have to leave Chris Kirk, won the Honda Classic, Kirk Kitayama, won Bay Hill, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. You'd have to leave one or, one or two of these guys off the team in order to make room for Brooks Kepka. Now, Will Zalatoris injury certainly going to create a little bit of an opening space, but what about a guy like Keegan Bradley, who's a winner on the PGA Tour this season that's sitting in there at the 15th position? I mean, for Zach Johnson and the PGA of America to truly justify it, it's gonna they're going to have to leapfrog some very good people unless, unless Kepka does something crazy and puts another top three in a major on the board at the PGA. Then he's going to like really make a, a strong argument here for himself. But other than Kepka, I mean, good luck finding a guy here that deserves it. Unless something weird happens at a major. Yeah, you know, all those years, Captain America, Patrick Reed. Yeah, I don't think that that'll be happening again. But uh, he had a he had a pretty stellar Ryder Cup career. But yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing him uh, at that tournament at any point here in the near future. Okay, we're on the other side, we're going to switch gears and talk about Cobble Beach because golf season is here. Despite what the weather showing us, golf season is here. We'll learn all about Cobble Beach. That's coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. It is Scully. It is Weeks. It is Zakino. Well, golf season is here in the GTA. Guys, the warm weather is coming. Don't worry about it. It's coming. And now that golf season is here... People are looking for destinations to go to, to play. And Cobble Beach is one of those. And Mark, you recently had a chance to catch up with Warren Thomas from Cobble Beach. Give us a little preview. Yeah, Warren's a head golf pro. Been uh, been there forever and a day. It's a great spot. We used to go up uh, with the Toronto Hunt Boys pre-pandemic. So I haven't been up there in a while, but I was super, super excited to have them join the Golf Talk Canada family. And I can't wait up, uh, wait to get up there with you guys because you're going to love the golf course. It's a 12-month community, an amazing resort. The people are outstanding. The golf course is so much fun, and it's always in great shape. One of the best finishes, 16, 17, and 18 in all of Ontario. Uh, let's just get to it. Their opening date is this Friday. Let's hear from golf director Warren Thomas. 
Warren, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to do this with us on Golf Talk uh, Canada television and radio. Um, let's just jump right in. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being a Kabul many times. As you know, I used to come up with my golf club on an annual uh, basis pre-pandemic. Uh, now we're kind of post and world's back to normal. I haven't been up in a couple of years. For some of our viewers and listeners who have not been to Kabul Beach, tell us a little bit about it. Well, first, thanks, uh, Mark, for having me. And uh, yeah, it's a great spot up here in Kabul Beach. We're, we're just uh, over two hours north of the airport in Toronto. Uh, we have five great cottages that, that you stayed in that overlook our ninth hole in, in Georgian Bay. And then we have 10 suites in our luxurious inn here, Cobble Beach. Uh, lots to do. I mean, obviously, the great golf course that we have here. Uh, you, you can get out there, play every hole. You can see Georgian Bay. Uh, you know, lots of space off uh, the tees and, and lots of challenge near the greens. Yeah, before we get into your stay and play package, it's a Doug Carrick golf course, nationally ranked. And one of my favorite finishes in, in golf in the province is 16, 17, 18 coming home is, is kind of very special. Um, I've got to ask you, it's always in great shape. And I always get so amazed by you know, your geographical location. Yet every time I've been there, the greens are rolling. Uh, it's, it's always tickety-boo, as they say. How do you guys keep it so good? Well, I mean, first off, we got a, a great team at Cobble Beach uh, throughout the resort, but our turf team does a great job. We have a, a unique grass on the greens, a velvet vent, which is great for this, uh, this climate that we have up here. So when we open next Friday on, on May 5th, uh, I should say on May 5th, uh, we, uh, we're definitely going to be in great shape. Uh, and, and going back to the 16, 17, 18, any of you who are playing match play out there, 16 is a fantastic hole with water on the right, uh, the backdrop of the sound. And then 17th our iconic lighthouse hole that uh, you see on so many screensavers uh, when we go to the golf shows and stuff like that. And 18 is a great par five coming up to up to the uh, to the clubhouse. All right, you mentioned May 5th. That's the opening date, and you've got some stay and play package specials that I believe if you book before May 8th, there's an incentive to uh, get ahead of it, as we say. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna drop that, uh, and you can go online right now and, and check that out. Basically. If you come up on a two-night, two-round package, we're going to throw that third day of golf in uh, for no extra charge. Not only that, Mark, we are going to, for those golf enthusiasts out there, we're going to make it unlimited golf. So, meaning, if you want to pre-book this special right now, you can call, book six rounds, and, and just get, get great savings. So, it, it's a, it also includes the uh, two, two breakfasts, includes the unlimited use of the driving range, just a, a great... Uh, way and, and this package is good in july so the temps up here in july are unbelievable in the views and it's just it's just a great spot to be before we get to the expansion because i want to talk to you a, a little bit about real estate because it's been a few years since i've been there and i've been following you online it is a four-month residential community resort community as well as a place to just come and play golf for you know those people looking to get away for a couple nights uh, before we get to real estate though amenities of the club you know me Warren I, I'm the guy that just pounds golf balls loves to hit just loves to play as many holes as he can get in and then have a big bottle of red and, and a big piece of meat so I'm guilty sometimes of not seeing the other parts of the resort so uh, for those interested in things other than golf what else do you offer at Cobble Beach well for you Mark uh, we could get that bottle of wine a big steak and we could bring <laughs> it down to the beach club and, and you could sit down there and 
overlook uh, Georgian Bay and, and enjoy uh, we enjoy some fine dining. But we have 14 kilometers of trails right on property. We just purchased some nice uh, e-bikes that you can go out and jet around on, which are which are a lot of fun. We have our U.S. Open tennis courts. We've got the spa here, which is incredible. Uh, we've got the pool, the steamer. We've got the weight room that I haven't been in too much, but uh, lots going on at Cobble Beach here. All right. Uh, so, okay, there's more than just golf. And, and again, I alluded to the real estate. So uh, what's happened since I've been there? It's been, again, it's been four years since I've been on property, which is a shame. That's uh, that's a shame on me for being a workaholic and not getting up there. But, uh, but I remember a lot of construction, a lot of development, a lot of new releases. And I think that's just continued is, is what I get from that. Yeah, I guess basically when you're here last, we're just entering our second uh, phase or just starting our second phase. And and we we have actually uh, over 200 units now, Mark. It's it's unbelievable. So our second phase is just finishing up. Uh, we have a couple of units there. If, uh, if you're looking at that, because we have our phase three starting right now as well, which will go up our first and second hole and, and you'll get some great views there. But our initiation of 40K is going to be included if you do purchase one of those units from the second phase. Uh, but yeah, tons of people here. Not only summertime too, Mark, uh, lots going on in the winter. We have the trails here in the winter. It's just gorgeous in the winter. And I tell people the difference uh, up here is, is you know, we, we're plowing the, uh, the roads up here and it's two degrees colder. So it's a great spot in the winter. And it's, it's livecobblebeach.com for the real estate opportunities? That's it, livecobblebeach.com. And if anyone has any questions too, they can always call me uh, at the golf shop here. All right, great. Before we let you go, Warren, just a geographic location because a lot of people are going, this sounds great. Maybe I want to book some golf. Maybe I want to come check out the, the, the community, et cetera. Geographically, where are we talking? I know it's two hours north of the airport, but what are you close to? Basically, yeah, like two hours just sort of up the up the 410, uh, right up Highway 10. A lot of people know Sobble Beach. Uh, lots of us came up uh, to the Sobble when we were younger. It's, it's close by here. You know, we've got Tobamori, which is about uh, 50 minutes north of here. you got the Grotto. you got the Bruce Trails. you got lots of waterfalls in the area, too. So, uh, you know, we're an hour west of Collingwood. If you're over in Collingwood and you're on a, a guy's trip or a girl's trip and you want to want to come on over for a round here it's not too far away so uh yeah just a, a great location and and uh so much fun just to get out there and golf and stay and play well warren we can't wait to come up bob adam and i we're going to come up we're going to do the show on location uh we're going to play some golf and get out at cobble beach it's, it's been a long time for me i don't believe adam has, has ever been on property before i know bob's been up he did the, the commercial back in the day but we're thrilled to have you as our official resort community golf partner uh, and excited about the summer and the years to come with you and the Cobble Beach team. So thanks so much. And uh, we'll stay on top of everything new at Cobble throughout the summer. So thanks again. Thanks, Mark, and the team there. Uh, we look forward to seeing everybody up. And uh, I hope everyone gets out golfing soon and uh, makes their way up to Cobble Beach. And you'll be able to actually watch that interview on Golf Talk Canada this week. Uh, Wednesday 1 p.m. TSN and as well it'll be on our social media channels and there is some great footage that Cabo Beach has sent us that you'll be able to uh, watch as that interview goes on with Mark and Warren uh, thanks again for uh, for joining us on the show today Warren coming up on the other side it is winners weird and what this is Golf Talk Canada 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam's Golly, Bob Weeks, Mark Sakino. Well, it is our favorite time of the show. It is winners, weird, and what? We had a couple of good laughs earlier in the show. Perhaps uh, Mark talking about uh, technology, perhaps a bit of a slip up there with uh, with some words here and there, but maybe we'll have another good chuckle here in winners, weird, and what? This week, Bob, you have the team. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Well, my first one's not going to be a chuckle, but it is going to be a smile on our face, and that is uh, we said goodbye this week suddenly to uh, a member of the media community here in uh, in Canada in the golf. His name is Ian Hutchinson, and he has been uh, a guy who's done a lot of stuff in Canadian golf, a lot of it behind the scenes. He's not been a guy who's been out front a ton, but he had, for many years, you had a website called Golf News Now, which was uh, really good within the industry. A lot of people who were working in the jobs at uh, in, in golf across the country would tune in there to get an update Hutch also worked for Score Golf when I was there many years ago, and uh, and also at a number of other magazines. Pro Shop, he was there for a while, and so he he's been a contributor on a lot, a lot of levels. And and sadly, on uh, Sunday Sunday he had uh, heart failure and passed away. Uh, a couple of years ago, he went into the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame as the Lauren Rubinstein Media Award winner. He gave a lovely, lovely speech, and um, and Hutch is not a guy who's been a guy out front, as I said off the top here. But he is definitely a guy who, if you're in the media, you knew Hutch. He was always in the media centers, and he'll be missed. Uh, he'll be missed tremendously. Yeah, Bob, I was so sad to, to, to get that news. I mean, Hutchie always put a smile on our face. I didn't know him as long as you knew him, but I've known him for more than a decade now, for sure, probably closer to 15 years. And um, so many media trips, uh, some tailor-made trips. He, I, him, myself, and Rick Young, all wrestling fans, the three of us would kill a couple of drinks and talk wrestling before we would talk golf. And uh, super, super, super sad. I, I mentioned it to Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, who always loved Hutch, and uh, she was so upset to hear the news. So thoughts and prayers to his family. He was a lovable guy. He was also a very terrible golfer, but he <laughs> admitted to that. So that was the best part of it. <laughs> so, All right. My weird this week is something some people may have seen already, but I, I thought it was worth bringing up just in case you haven't. And that is a green Porsche 911 GT2 RS, which is worth $450,000 and only a thousand of them of that particular model were available in the United States. And one Patrick Reed bought himself one after he won the masters now it uh suddenly this car turned up at a salvage yard salvage sale and it does have some of the uh, matching vin numbers so there's still not a hundred percent positivity that this is the car that belonged to patrick reed but it has been banged up like crazy uh it's being sold for salvage essentially being sold for parts 
and it only had 360 miles on it. Everyone's kind of scratching their heads going, first of all, is this is this Patrick Reed's? Well, Patrick Reed had it done up in a master's theme, so there was a green color, and he had yellow calipers on it to match, and everyone's kind of wondering if this is, and I can't wait for the first time that people get to ask Patrick Reed, uh, A, is this your car, and B, like, what happened? Why is it all banged up? And when you look at the pictures, I don't know, Adam, if you've seen the pictures, but it's like, this is like as close to a total car as you've ever seen. It's pretty startling. And it's not like he took a couple four irons to it. Like this thing was beat up, right? So I, I'm curious what the story is. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll somehow find out. Uh, my what this week is uh, also a little bit, it could be classified as a weird as well. And it goes back to the uh, DP World Tour event that was taking place in Korea last week. And Mike Lorenzo Vera, that's one of my favorite names, by the way. I don't know if Mike is his real name. He's French, but Mike Lorenzo Vera. Anyway, he had moved himself into the lead. This was on Saturday. He moved himself into a tie for the lead. He got up onto the par four fourth hole at Jack the Jack Nicholas Club in South Korea. And he went to tee off and he hit, I would say, five inches behind the ball. The ball traveled a grand total of 75 yards, narrowly missing going into water, and landed on the forward tee. And if that's not strange enough, what would the reaction be, Mark? What would you think a reaction would be if something like that? Like relief or surprise? or uh, He laughed. He started howling with laughter. He couldn't <laughs> believe how bad the shot was. Anyway, kudos to uh, to uh, Mark Lorenzo Vera for uh, laughing at himself. So I think that's, uh, that's good fun. That good anyway. Game. The T is Adams. Let's go over to Adam. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Yeah, that was a great video, Bob. And it's sort of like, you know, these guys are professional golfers. But sometimes, every once in a while, they can hit shots where they look like your weekend warrior. And that shot was not great but a great reaction uh from lorenzo vera now speaking of great reactions that's, that's where i'm going with my winner this week and chad mom is my winner so he was the executive producer of the pga tour netflix series full swing and he appears to be on some sort of trip of a lifetime in uh, at st andrews and so he was playing the road hole and he was just off the road off the green and whoever was with him was filming it and he, so he's probably I would call it 50 feet away, but he's putting like through a road and almost through rough and he hold it. He hold the shot out. It was pretty cool. Now, I, I don't know. People were commenting how many takes did, is this any, any Photoshop or, you know, some video editing. I know you're a video producer, but no, apparently it was the first take. So, uh, you know, good for Chad. And I haven't had a chance to get to, uh, to St. Andrews yet, but that's is certainly on my bucket list. Okay. My weird this week, Alejandro, Tosti, he was in the news for a couple of different things. He's he's my weird and he's my what this week, but weird. <laughs> That's so, weird. <laughs> that, yeah, but you guys know me. So I, I was a goalie for a lot of my life and uh, I used to be incredibly superstitious. I used to have these really weird pregame rituals where people actually thought I was crazy. Not that people don't think I'm still crazy. It is me after all, but Tosti was doing something with his eyes where he was holding some sort of logo stick really and he was sort of moving it back and forth where he was really training his eyes i'm not sure if either of you saw this video. i saw this oh adam but i didn't understand it and i read the article a couple of times or, or the paragraph that went along with the image and i still didn't understand what it was 
Yeah, I I mean, I don't know, Bob, like, you know, the Canadian Open Media Day was a little earlier. I didn't see everyone sort of scanning their, you know, trying to work their eyes a little bit. Did you see this video, Bob? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. It's sort of, I'm trying to imagine it in my head, what it would, what what you would be training your eyes to do, maybe for putting or something? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's super, anyway, but, you know, good for him uh, to do this because as we get to my what, so he was one of six players penalized for the, the use of the shuttle at last week's Corn Ferry yeah. Tour event. So uh, that was a weird thing in itself. So, But he got in, uh, an invite into the event at the Mexico Open, finished tied for 10th, $150,000 because the tie 10 gets into next week at Quail Hollow, $20 million purse. So what a way for this guy. You know, he's got the the weird routine. Maybe it'll become a, a mainstay now uh, at your local uh, at your local Muni with, uh, you know, visualizing it in weird ways. But, you know, good for Tosti to get it done. 444th in the world. Now he's playing in a designated event. Mark, the tease yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, boys, my winner. And I'm going to do it because we can do whatever we want. I don't <laughs> care. It's Johnny Tavares, baby. Oh, it's wow. the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs with the winner in overtime. What a shift. We're not talking enough about this shift. Now, first of all, Bob's boy, Luke Shen, awesome. Like, he has been unbelievable. No one wants to touch him. They're all scared of him. They're all dead. I mean, no one wants a piece of him at all. Much needed. So huge pickup. Love that. But Johnny T, what a shift. He, what he, it felt like he had the puck for a minute and a half. I haven't seen him move that fast in ages. Up to the blue line, around the perimeter, behind the net. It was like Bobby Orbach. He was, he was just uh, like a one-man show. And it always is great when your best players are playing like your best players, isn't it? That was the difference. Yeah, so, you, know, you know, it's funny too. I was just going to say that uh, in the second period, at some point, I, I asked the guys I was sitting, I said, are Tavares, Nylander, and O'Reilly dressed tonight? I, I just, <laughs> I didn't notice them. I didn't, but I mean, you know, good for, good for Tavares, like score one of the biggest. What a performance in net, Adam, as a goalie. Oh. What a performance in net, finally. In the first 10 minutes of the game, that could have been over pretty easily. But Samsonov, a lot more quiet in the net. He's, he wasn't swimming like Michael Phelps, uh, like he was earlier in the series where he was going from post to post and totally out of control. He was really fun to watch. Samsonov, a big reason they got that victory. And, uh, well, all I'm going to say is this. Let's hope that that's not the last appearance from a Toronto Maple Leaf and winner's weird and wild. There you go. So. Let's get more <laughs> Leafs in there, boys. Okay, yep. my weird... <laughs> And uh, maybe we can try to show this Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada sure. Television. I don't know if you guys saw Eric Van Royen's group Friday in the middle of the fairway at the Mexico Open. So we're calling the golf, and I happen to be with Eric Van Royen, so I'm I'm calling it. And all of a sudden, he hits the deck like like someone yelled "shooter, shooter," and they all start hitting the deck. No one knew what was going on. A swarm of bees came in, and it, the, the bees were so thick and, and so aggressive, they literally hit the deck like a tuck-and-roll position. Did you see it, Bob? I did see. I didn't see it live. I just saw a, a picture of it. It, it looked like they were, you know, get down, get down or something. I couldn't figure out what was going on until I saw the explanation <laughs> about the bees, but I didn't know that's what you were supposed to do when the bees attacked. Yeah. Apparently, apparently it's not run and scream like a chicken. That's normally what I do. I'm not a big bee fan. Or SWAT. 
or swat and wave my flail my arms in, in the world. All right, Bob has uh, played uh, some cool putting courses and short courses in his travels in the last year, some of which he has talked about here on Golf Talk Canada. I am a fan of short courses and putting courses. But I think this one would be super cool because A, Mexico, uh, Vidanta on the West Coast gets like well over 300 days of sunshine a year. It's hot. I mean, winter, it crashes to 70 Fahrenheit. Let's be honest. It lives in the 80s in Mexico on the West Coast. And the resort at Vedanta has a par three golf course right behind the resort rooms and it's floodlit. And I thought that is so cool because, hey, if you've got warm weather 12 months a year and you've got dry weather most of the time and you're investing in a short course, like we've seen, you know, places like Pinehurst and Bandon Dunes and whatnot. Well, if you've got a climate like Mexico, what a cool idea to floodlight it and leave it open. I don't know how late it actually goes. For all I know, it's an all-inclusive. It might be up, it might be open all night for all I know. But I think what a cool place to go out with a six-pack or your adult beverage of choice and play for uh, toonies and loonies or whatever your game is. Par three course. I mean, Adam, the game needs more of that. And why not flood a floodlighter, right? Yeah, it certainly does. And I mean, sounds like a road trip for... <laughs> maybe i mean uh yeah that, that no but honestly yeah the uh the mex the mexico open like all the the different shots of the court like it just looks like it looked like a remarkable property and so. a big win coming next year not a shot against that maya cobra resort because that maya cobra resort is lovely uh over uh in the cancun air, air area uh greg norman golf course really great golf course five-star resort but they went there in the fall every year and it poured rain. It's rainy season on the east coast of Mexico. We used to get washed out every year in Mayacoba. This fall, they're moving that event to Diamante in Cabo San Lucas in San Jose, where it's 85 degrees and sunny, 365. And that golf course, those two golf courses at Diamante are unbelievable. I think they're going to play the Tiger course. There's a Davis Love course and a Tiger course. I mean, wow, what a win for the PGA Tour. Wow, that's uh, that's that's awesome. That's really good to know. Okay, well, coming up on the other side, we're going to wrap up today's show. We'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and we'll tee up what's to come this week on GTC because it is a big one with a number of announcements coming your way. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up this morning's edition of Golf Talk Canada with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com for much more information. We had a close call for Team Canada on the Corn Ferry Tour. Ben Silverman, unfortunately, loses in a playoff to Ben 
holes. Now, Silverman has already had a good season, a victory on the Corn Ferry Tour earlier this year. He also won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am on the pro-amateur side of things with Aaron Rodgers, of all people, back in February. Now, Silverman continues to play some good golf, fortunately loses in a playoff uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. How about on the LPGA Tour out in L.A., Hannah Green? wins in a playoff she is the champion on the lpga tour this week unfortunately brooke henderson as we mentioned earlier in the show misses the cut hopefully we see some better golf from brooke here going forward although she does have that victory in her season a day view mexico open pga tour tony finau fourth win in his last 18 starts a three-shot victory over world number one John Rahm and on PGA Tour Champions, the Insperity Invitational, Stephen Alker, rounds of 66, 69, 66, a four shot victory over Steve Stricker, Colin Montgomery, David Toms, both finishing T3, seven shots off the lead. And from a Canadian perspective, how about Stephen Ames, tie for ninth on PGA Tour Champions? As always, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the season here on Golf Talk Canada. This week, we're giving away a Spider GT Max putter. We will announce the winner of our fantasy pool this past week on social media. That'll be coming out uh, sometime tomorrow. You'll see a post on the champion of uh, this week's fantasy pool. It's going to be another busy week for us here on Golf Talk Canada. Some big news coming out of the RBC Canadian Open. Stay tuned to our shows on Wednesday. Brian Crawford, RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director, will join us again for some huge announcements. You won't want to miss that. So excited for that great to see oakdale too i hadn't been on the property before great to play the golf course too and hopefully you know we get some better weather weather here in the gta it's not quite winter it is technically spring we got that little glimpse of summer a couple weeks ago but now it's uh it's been cold but uh hopefully that uh, that comes to an end here very shortly as always here on golf talk canada we will be back Wednesday 10 a.m. TSN 10:50 as well TSN television starting at 1 p.m. on Wednesday we'll have a preview of the Wells Fargo Championship another designated event on the PGA Tour where Rory McIlroy is making his return what can we expect from Rory McIlroy he hasn't played since missing the cut at the Masters well coming up next here on TSN 10:50 they did it. The Maple Leafs have won a playoff round. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games. John Tavares, the hometown hero, gets it done in overtime. That's coming up next here on TSN 1050. A full breakdown of Toronto Maple Leafs getting it done. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, the last time the Maple Leafs won a playoff round, Vijay Singh was the number one ranked player in the world back in 2004. So you don't want to miss Leafs Lunch, a full breakdown of what happened against Tampa and what's to come in round two. Thanks so much for joining us here on Golf Talk Canada this morning. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.